Jordan, you want to come up here? I asked him before. I'm not just forcing him. But good guy, isn't he? He actually is coming up here to to do something. I just want to show an example. But then when I was sitting there, the God, God said, I want you to release over him that he's a generational breaker. So anything negative that comes through generational things, God says you're breaking them. So that's a that's a good thing to have. So, you know, when God gives you a word, you just release it. Don't keep it. That's a good word, isn't it? Because, you know, you guys should be proud. This is your son. And God's going to be using him in, a, in an amazing way. So... Not just for you, but for your family. So now that I embarrass you, you can hold this cue bucket. So I'm going to talk about surrendering, waving that white flag. And I want to talk about what it is when we actually carry unforgiveness in our heart. So Jordan is, you know, he's going he's gonna to hold this out like he's just surrendering to the Lord, giving to the Lord. Go ahead and hold that out, Jordan. But when we start having some unforgiveness... Now keep up there. Worship the Lord. You know, we can't, we think that it doesn't affect our worship, right, to the Lord when we just have little things. So I'll just do a little thing, just a little thing of unforgiveness, right? And we, and we justify it, and we think, you know, it's good. I'm worshiping the Lord. I can still worship effectively. Looking like he's getting a little, it's feeling, un, is it feeling uncomfortable yet? You're feeling in your abs. We can start seeing it in your face. You couldn't, we didn't even get, good job, Jordan. Thank you. You can sit down. We only got three of the six I brought. Here, take these. Okay. See, we think holding little things doesn't affect our worship and our surrender to the Lord. But it gets heavy. It got uncomfortable. We saw Jordan struggling just to do something little. Keep your arm out. That's all I'm asking you. Little things. They shouldn't affect you, right? It went pretty quick, didn't it? Just a couple little things in there. Those didn't look that big. Didn't look that, I mean, they were pretty. They were like pink and purple. They were not, you know what I mean? They were pretty. But then look what happened. Very quickly gave up. He couldn't do it. That's what it is when we have unforgiveness. That's why we have separation in families. That's why we have separation in church. You know, we don't forgive something. And we carry it, and we're carrying this burden, and we're walking around like this. So I want to talk about that. How long can you hold unforgiveness before it begins to affect your posture? We saw him. He got about 10 seconds. How many people have been holding their postures all crooked and bent and icky because they've been holding that unforgiveness for so long? How long before it begins to change you? You know, it becomes weighty. It becomes stressful. Do you guys notice his face was starting to get a little red? Like, I can do this. And God's like, no, you can't. You know, because they may look pretty, but they're heavy. I made Matt carry him in. And I watched him. He did not know it was in the bag. It was kind of funny because he's like, oh, I'll carry this bag for you. I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty bag. <laughs> he's like, what do you have in here? I'm like, weights. Like, I'll <laughs> but it, it, it begins to change us. You know, it gets stressful. He, he, you know, if he would have stood there longer, he probably would have begun to sweat and shake. And, and, and it would have affected not just internally. It would have started affecting outward. We'd be seeing it, wouldn't we? Um, you know, and, and before exhaustion starts to set in. 
We think we're holding this and we're going to do this, but exhaustion starts to set in. So how can we carry this weight without it changing us? It's a really easy answer. How many of you guys know it? We can't. Yeah, we can't. We have to give to, we cannot. You can't. You can't think, well, I'm strong. I can do this. I'm tough. I'm a person that I wanted to be tough. So God gave me my husband who's like, he broke down every wall because I was thinking, I can tough. I can do everything on my own. He even sends me memes. He's like, when you marry a strong woman, she doesn't need you. She wants you because then it showed like a woman carrying like a dresser up the stairs. And he's like, that is you. You do that all the time. I mean, I've gotten smarter where I hook a toe strap to bring it up the stairs and then pull it over and then hope the dogs don't step underneath there. I've only dropped one thing from the upstairs, but it was on Lana when she was three. I said, don't come. You know what? When you say don't to a child that's under three, what do they hear? Do it. Come, do it. So I said, don't come here. I'm putting the Christmas stuff down. I dropped a box of Christmas ornaments right on her head. Um, but she just knocked over, stood back up, went like this, and kept going. So I thought, it's okay. Um, <laughs> see, I just tell you guys so that you guys, when you guys have messed up as parents, just think about me and say, at least I didn't drop a box from the upstairs on my child's head. I mean, she's really smart, guys, so maybe I helped her. I don't know. Um, but we really can't carry that weight without it changing us. It affects our worship, and I'm not talking about just worship like this. Yes, we worship and, and we sing to the Lord because, you know what, he says that he enjoys that. Open my gates with thanksgiving and praise. He likes that. But I'm talking about worship like every day of our life, what we do, how we live, atmospheres we carry. And so we can't carry this weight without it changing us because we weren't created to. And it affects how we worship. You know, and, and here's the other thing about forgiveness. It's not one and done. Sometimes I think I forgave someone, and then they come and poke me a little bit, and I'm like, ooh, that's still there. And I got to say, oh, Lord, there's this piece that I decided that I wanted to hold on to, that I thought it's not heavy enough yet. I can do this by myself. Thank you. But it, it, it's not that one and done. It's continual. But what God gave us, he said, I'm going to give you all the tools so it, immediately when unforgiveness comes into our heart, you have the ability to say, uh-uh. We don't have to wait for Sunday to come. We don't have to wait, you know, to go on and confess this. We don't have to wait and do these things. We don't have to pay penance before we do it. He said it's immediate. You can do it right there. Now, you may not even feel like you forgave. Because the feelings sometimes have to listen and follow a little later. Sometimes our spirit's got to tell us what to do, and then we tell our feelings, get in line, please. And they're going, no, you can't make me. And you're like, that's when you be like, Jesus, you crack that whip and say, I told you to get in line. We're forgiving, and you're not going to act like this. Because, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to tell our feelings if they're out of line, if they're contrary to God's word. We don't let our feelings be like, oh, my God, everything's terrible. Be like, are you alive? Are you breathing? Do you have eternal life? Yeah? Okay, you're going to be okay. But it's not this one and done process. You know, there's always going to be these new hurts. Sometimes just because you're having a bad day. Sometimes I saw a thing and it said, if, if you're mad at everybody, you need to eat something. If you feel like everybody's mad at you, you need to sleep. And it kept going on. Like, if everybody's mad at everybody, you need to take or go outside. Or It was all these kind of things that I thought, yeah, like we need to get into a different perspective is what it was trying to say. 
And it's not from the Bible, so don't try to find that. That was just something that was neat that I thought. And I thought because new things begin to come in. And we get these thoughts like, oh, this is bad. This is good. You know, I don't like this. And new bitterness, new pains, offenses, they come and they make us vulnerable to go back into that state of unforgiveness. So I look in Ephesians 4.31. And this is a lot for, Ephesians is a lot to help equip the church, right? Do you guys know that the book of Ephesians is to really help equip the church and get things moving and going and saying, hey, you guys are saved now. You're in the kingdom. Here's what you can do. And so Ephesians 4.31 says, never be bitter. I didn't know how often never was until I realized never is never. Never be bitter. Angry or mad. I thought, oh, that's... When he's talking about never, he's saying, when that comes, we don't receive it and say, I have a right to be mad. I have a right to be angry. I have a right to be bitter. Doesn't mean we don't feel those things, right? Never shout angrily or say things to hurt others. Never do anything evil. Be kind and loving to each other. Forgive each other the same as God forgave you through Christ. Those are the instructions. He's saying, hey, you're going to get, you're going to disagree with a lot of people. Even people who have come into the kingdom. This is what he's talking about in Ephesians. He's saying, there's a lot of different people, a lot of different cultures, a lot of different things that are coming into this kingdom that is one body. And you're going to disagree. You're not going to come to agreement on everything, but I'm going to tell you, you're not going to scream and yell at each other. You're not going to hold things over each other. You're not going to take bitterness. You're not going to take offense and, and not deal with it. That's basically what he's saying. He's saying, what does love do? Love thinks, you know what, thinks the best, right? So even if they did something to hurt you, think, you know, they probably didn't do that. You know, to hurt me. I grew up in a house with a lot of people in one bathroom. You know how many times I thought my sister went in there right before me just to make me mad? Or we have one bathroom and 11 people. Any of you, some of us here that have big families, we're like, amen, I know that. You know, they didn't do that. We have a lot of people that came from big families or have big families. You know, but, but what our mind tells us, they did that. They know that I go in there at 7.05 every day, and they went in there at 7.04. Maybe they really woke up and had to go to the bathroom. You don't know. They didn't think, you know, how can I wake up and just mess your life up today? But we get in there, and we start thinking like that, right? That ain't right. That's why we need to extend grace. I need grace a lot, and I need to extend grace a lot. To the amount of grace I receive, I hope that I'm extending that and more. And here's the thing. I know when I'm saying the unforgiveness, people are like, but you don't know what they did, and, and this was unhealthy, and this was abusive. I am not saying go back into toxic, toxic relationships. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying be a doormat and say everyone can just mistreat you all the time, and you have to be okay with that. I am not saying that. You know, I'm not saying that you should allow abuse or discord in your life. I'm not saying those things. You know, because I know, I, I just, when, we, when I said that, I felt in my spirit that people were like, I have to stay in this. I have to be okay with this. No. I just knew that when that came in, because that's what the enemy tells you. Well, you're not, you're, if you don't just let them treat you however you want, you're not a good Christian. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I'm pretty sure Jesus, when he was cracking whips, people weren't like, oh, that's just such a loving thing to do. 
It didn't look loving, but he said, oh, it's very loving for your spirit because you know what? I'm putting in a, uh, something that will save your soul here yes. in a moment. So I'm not saying that. So, so when you're thinking about, because right now we're thinking about maybe things we've done or people in our life or people that we don't have in our life anymore, and we're thinking, i got to bring that back in. I'm not saying that. But I am going to give you some tools, okay? Will that help you? Can I give you some things that God said that will help you guys and help me? They help me move forward. Um, my kids say this to me, like, how do you, I think it was it Layla, was it you that you said, how do you constantly deal with people coming in and out of your life and just talking bad about you guys and how do you get up every week and do a sermon and and where do you get this time and I said well it's just grace even though people hurt you you go back and you walk I walk sometimes right back in the same place because I can't say well this person hurt me so the next person is you always got to hope the best do you know what I mean I go into the next relationship the next friendship hoping the best And if they choose to go into pride or things like that, I'm going to put up some new boundaries, and I'm going to keep going. And I'm not going to punish the next person that God's put in my life because somebody made bad choices. Does that make sense? Good. I mean, it's making sense to me, but all right. Because boundaries are really good, and they keep us safe. They keep us healthy and moving towards our destiny. How many of you guys want to have a destiny? Like you think, I want to have a reason that I am here on this earth. And it's not just to work, you know, excessive amounts of hours. I want to have a reason that I am here. So I'm talking about, you know, in our heart. We can forgive someone and never actually see them again. Did you guys know that? Jesus already forgave Judas and never saw him again. We can forgive someone that, and they still may have consequences. If someone steals from you, you can forgive them, but they might still have to pay that back. They might still spend some time, you know, getting three meals in a bed. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, doesn't negate that there are consequences. Like, well, I said, I'm sorry for hurting you. Yeah, but you stole like $10,000 from me. So, you know, there's natural consequences, right? So we can't think that, oh, well, I forgive. That doesn't mean just because you forgive, you don't have, it doesn't mean you have to see them. It doesn't mean that there's not natural consequences. You know, we can forgive someone and decide, I need a new circle. I need a circle that is going to move me to my destiny, that is going to grow kingdom, you know, that is going to release the love of Christ. You might need that. You might need that. New boundaries, new standards. So as I'm going through this, just think, I just want that thought to be in your head. You know, because we can't use our hurts as an excuse for bad behavior, such as anger, and rage and jealousy and uncontrolled emotions. We unforgive, so we get mad at everything. Well, you don't know what they did to me. As soon as someone says that, I'm like, oh, we need to work on, don't worry about what they did to you. we got to work on your heart right now. And we've all been there, haven't we? You don't know what they did, and we want to tell everybody. never works because the issue's not out there. The issue's in here. So I'm going to tell you guys about my week. Um, So this week I had some people just devalue me, mistreat me, just kind of be rude. And at first I was like, I hope they get knocked off their high horse. (laughs) If any of you guys saw my horse thing, it had nothing to do with a real horse. (laughs) God used that to be glorified. I'll tell you what, God will use anything. 
That was like one of the best days. I laughed all day. I mean, if you haven't seen it, come see me. I will let you watch that video. I can't. I mean, I was, it was let's move on. I don't know what's happening. So, it, you know, I was feeling like angry, you know. I'm going to say something to them. I started, you know, getting my, in my head. I'm going to say this and this, and I got proof. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to show everyone else who they are. Right? Which just makes us look like a fool. Doesn't it? But we want to because it makes us like, why can't people see this? Because people are inherently selfish, and we are more worried about our lives than anyone else's, and let's be honest with that. And the only way we can get out of that cycle is to have the love of Christ, and then we start thinking about other people. We are inherently selfish. That is the fall of man. It is only the blood of Christ that makes us think, care, or worry about anybody else. We don't want to admit that, but that's the truth. So all those things that you're going to, I'm going to show people, you know, who they really are. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. That's what unforgiveness looks like. It doesn't look very attractive. You know, I was crying. I was angry. I was judgmental in that moment. I was like, oh, this is what unforgiveness looks like. So if you're wondering what unforgiveness looks like, that's what it looks like. Fortunately, because I know the Lord. You know, those all things were things that were in between mostly just me and then, like, I bounce them off Matt. And he, you know, he absorbs and is like, yeah, you'll get this. Like, um, and so, fortunately, I was able to recognize very easily and very quickly, like, oh, what's going on here? And I surrendered to God and said, I know I do have value. They may have treated me this way. They may have manipulated me or whatever. But God, you said, do this, so show me for who is waiting to build me and not break me. Who is going to encourage and not tear down? Who sees the value in small places knowing that we have big people right here? And this situation had to do with the church. People saying things about you guys in a small area. And I was like, you want to see me mad that that is these are our kids but we're God's places I feel like this is our kids you talk that's it we're going we're fighting if you think you're more valuable than these people we're gonna fight and then God's like you don't need to fight and I'm like I want to fight and he's like you don't need to fight I got this and I'm like but the and God's like do you not think that I know what they're doing do you not know that you know if they're gonna raise their hands against against you against others that you know I'm gonna fight for you I can't remember. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what he told me um, as I'm crying. But then I was like, bring me home, Butterfinger. <laughs> and he brought me home, too, because, you know, I, confirmation, because he's smart. Where did he get that wisdom? She asked for a Butterfinger. I'm getting her that plus. Wisdom of the Lord. All the husbands said, amen. You guys, are, you got to get better with your amens. <laughs> Or you got to get better at bringing home treats for you. Things ain't going so good. When's the last time you brought her a Butterfinger? <laughs> or whatever candy they like. I don't know. Or flowers or I don't know. Do good things. Um, <laughs> take care of us. We're the weaker vessel. <laughs> In some ways. 
Not when we're carrying dressers upstairs on our back. My husband has learned whenever I have a surprise for him, it always means something scary for him, which means I tore the carpet down, I got new furniture, I've changed things around, I've demolished things, I dragged things out and gave them away at the curb. Um, it's really hard to drag an old uh, grill that only has three wheels <laughs> through gravel, but I did it. Um, so just things like that. We need to take care of each other. We need, you know, thinking about that who we really are so instead of believing how these people were treating and talking and acting towards I just thought you know that's not true why am I getting my truth from somebody else why am I getting my truth from the situation why am I getting truth from that I'm going to go back to God's word what he said so by the end of the week God gave me so many great connections and moving me forward and what he asked, because I was thinking, Lord, you asked me to do this, and now everything's coming against me, and I don't like it. I don't like the seasons like this. I want it to be easy. Right? Is it, look, don't we all want that? I don't like it when God's like, you know, this is going to be a little battle season. I'm like, you mean for them, right? <laughs> Not here. I want Garden of Eden life all the time, Lord. No one wakes up and is like, I just hope today is horrible and I get to fight all day long. Hope it's really hard to do everything and I hope I get, I hope I get to practice patience today. <laughs> I learned long ago, you do not pray for patience. The Lord will give you a lot of opportunities. When you pray for patience, he gives you lots of opportunities to be patient. Because you asked for it. I learned that <laughs> long ago. So by the end of the week, it was just, it was really good, um, showing me value and, and importance. And I went from what's wrong with me to nothing's wrong with me. And no one's going to steal that truth or withhold that gain or defame my name or devalue me because I am a child of God. And I thought, what can man do to me? And God just kept bringing up, what can man do to me? If God's told me to do something, I don't care how many people cancel on me. I don't know who comes in. People tell me, you can't do this. If God said to do it, I'm going to do it. And that's how we should go. You know, I think of Gideon, and he's like, I cannot do this. Everything's against me. It's hard. I'm small. Nobody likes me. Uh -huh. And God's like, get out of there and just go do this, and everything's going to fall. And he's like, uh, he didn't want to. But, you know, he said, if you said it, God, you know, I'm going to do it. He might have been like, well, at least I know the Lord as I'm going. <laughs> but see, that's how we have to think. When those thoughts come in or people, because sometimes people are just hurting and they don't even realize that they're doing that because they are selfish. Inherently, we have those moments there. It's like, that's more about me than anyone else, right? We all have those moments because we do have to take care of ourselves. <laughs> you know, we have to, you know, build our relationship with the Lord. And, and so, because I knew that I'm adopted into heaven's kingdom. When you start realizing that is your ultimate father and mother. So if you didn't have a good mom and dad and they've tore you down and, and they've taken that truth away or whatever they did, it doesn't matter because you are adopted into the kingdom of heaven so you can get all truth, all identity is in there and it doesn't matter who is saying it about you. It doesn't matter who is coming against you. It doesn't matter what people you have had to run into, what situations. God said, you are adopted in the kingdom of heaven and you get everything that comes with it. I am a friend of God. That's a good friend to have. He's wealthy. He's wise. 
you know? He's generous. He's kind. Like, I like friends like that. I don't want friends who are selfish and rude and egotistical and, right? See, so I am a friend of God. God if, and if God is with me, who can be against me? I love this saying, you know, me and God are the majority. So if it's just you and God, if everyone says, that won't work, uh, that must not be God speaking to you, you can't really do that. It doesn't matter because if it's you and God and that's it, you're still the majority. If everybody else is against you, if it is you and God and God has called you to do it, that is still the majority. We don't work on the world's majority. I mean, we even know if it's just God, even if we can't even partner with it. So let's go into how do we know I forgave someone? Let's, let's go on that, okay? So you're like thinking, I know I should forgive, and I said I forgive you, but how do I know if I really forgave? How many of you guys have been there? Yeah, it's like, I think I forgave, but right now I want to... <laughs> Yeah, you don't think about it until, until it comes up and they stomp on your foot. And then you're like, oh, that hurt. <laughs> um, so first, instead of being met, so the first thing how you can know, instead of when you run into that situation or that person or, or that um, organization or whatever it is, a lot of people are mad at churches because <laughs> they're full of people and it happens. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Guess what? If you don't feed the body, it gets weak. If you don't take care of the body, it gets broken. And then we're mad because it's weak and broken, and it hurts us. So instead of being mad or bitter at them, you actually feel more of empathy. Like, oh, that's really sad. I feel bad for them. Like, they're stuck in that bitterness. They don't even know they're hurting people, or how sad to live that way and not know. So that's the first sign that you're like, I don't have to go back there and let them abuse me again, but it's, it's sad because I'm over here and I'm looking at that and thinking, oh, I wish they weren't in the darkness. Second, you don't want bad things to happen to them. You hope the best for them. Maybe not next to you, but you don't want, like, I hope they lose their job. You know, I hope they get hurt. Show them. If you think that way, you might have a little bitterness in there, a little bit of unforgiveness that we got to just clean up, okay? So when you're like, you know what? I'm not going to go back into that relationship, but I hope it works out. I hope they have good friendships. I hope that they grow. You know, I hope peace over them. I want the Spirit of the Lord. You know, I want them to know God. Lord, send laborers. Whatever it is, okay? You, want, you still want the good for them. Third thing is to know if you've forgiven someone. They don't control your thoughts and emotions by playing it over and creating these great dialogues in your head that sound great in the shower, but when you get out in real life, right? Can't wait to tell them I got all this proof. And they, they might be all the way past that. They didn't even know what happened, and they're just living their life. And here you are under that weight of unforgiveness. So when, they, so when they're not the top of your thought every second of what they did to you or how they hurt you or why haven't they cleaned this up, then you know. So those are some things that you could know. Like, okay, I have, I have, I've forgiven them. I've worked through this. I've forgiven that situation, that place, or whatever it is. Now, I didn't say you have to be best friends or go back into that relationship you had before. 
You know, I didn't say there was no longer consequences. That's what I want to remind you guys. That's not what I'm saying. You know, and I wouldn't do that. That would not be wise, right? If, you, if you're hanging out with someone who constantly, you know, um, puts you, put you down, you might say, you know what? They're probably struggling with an identity issue. You can get the wisdom from the Lord and be like, I feel so bad for them because without the Holy Spirit, they're never going to know their true identity. But I'm not going to hang out with them and let them tell me things about me that are not true. See how that looks different? But sometimes we say, but we've been friends so long. But they're my family. But they're my coworkers. But what are they going to think about me? They're going to call me a hypocrite. Yeah, they're going to call you a hypocrite because they can't control you anymore. See, that's what gets us. Our heart, we lead with our emotions and not the Holy Spirit. We know that if, if God, do you, does, is there anywhere in the Bible that God says you should be abused? I would like you to believe lies about yourself. No, he's always encouraged you saying, hey, if I'm going to take care of the birds, I'm going to take care of you. You know, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Do you see the difference? Okay, so now we recognize if we've forgiven. Okay. That's good. But how do I get there? So for like, I'm not actually experiencing those things. I still feel the, okay, still feeling that. Haven't got there yet. Hope they trip over crack and break their own back. I don't know. Like, we're still in that. Sometimes we're still there, right? Sometimes we are still there. Let's be honest. Sometimes I'm going to tell everybody about everybody, everything. Because I'm mad and I'm hurt and I'm going to tell you. And everyone's like, ooh, this is icky. I'm going to get away from this. You ever realize when you start trying to force people to see other people badly, people are like, ooh, that's icky. Right? Because if you know the Lord, you can't stay in darkness. So how do, I, how do I get there? Some good things here. Realize forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. It doesn't have to do if they come up and say, I'm really sorry, I didn't realize that I hurt you, and I'm sorry, will you forgive me? It has nothing to do with that. Do you know that forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person? It Just you. It doesn't matter if they hear you. It doesn't even matter if they are still living on this earth anymore. Do you know that you can still have forgiveness? I know that may sound silly, but there's a lot of people who hold on to unforgiveness for people who have not even are not even living anymore. That's a long time. The second thing is surrender to God in his word. Surrender. Say, I, I can't do it. There's no way I can hold. We saw Jordan. There's no way you can hold that way. I don't care. You know, and I chose Jordan specifically for that because he's a strong young guy, right? You think that he should be able to. And we think that we're strong. And it was like, you know, he got a couple pink weights in there and all come crashing down. <laughs> but that's why we have to surrender to God and say, please take this. I cannot carry this. I can't hold this. This is too much. Surrender it to, to God and his word. Admit we have some unforgiveness. And it says, confess it to the Lord. In Psalms 147, it says, he heals the brokenhearted. How many of you guys know if you have unforgiveness, you probably got your heart hurt, Right? Psalms 147.3. Sorry, John. Um, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrows. 
So he binds up their wounds. So things that were hurt, he says, we're going to heal them. We're going to clean them up. Um, pains, discomfort, he says, I'm going to give you comfort. That's what happens when we surrender. So we don't have to deal with, like, oh, they hurt me, and i got to hold on to this anger and this bitterness. He's saying, if you surrender to me, I'm going to hand you back healing. I'm going to hand you back comfort. I like that. I like a comforting word when, you know, when you're unsure, it's good to hear a good word, right? I remember, I'm going to tell you a story about youth. So we were pretty wild, and we had to learn a lot of things, like, with youth group. And we, we let kids do crazy things. And, like, one time, now looking back, so, like, they were, like, hitting each other with these foam bats, and we had a lot of boys at that time. I don't know what it is, like, Kenyon... You know, Donald, like, why do boys are like, you want to hit me with this foam bat? It'll be fun. <laughs> Girls don't do that. We don't think, like, isn't that crazy? They do. They're like, you want a box? No. I like my face. It's pretty like this. <laughs> right? So we thought it would be a good idea to let them all run around with foam bats and hit each other. <laughs> well, guess what? A piece of plastic was on the end of one of the foam bats and so this one kid got hit in the head and it was bleeding a lot okay like a lot and I was like it's fine I'm like get me a rag right now call this kid's mom like and so you know because I wanted to bring comfort I didn't want him to freak out because then what happens we want we want someone when we're feeling unsure when we don't know when we're in pain we want someone to bring comfort so like of course this kid's like is it that bad I'm like no you're good. You guys understand that head wounds bleed a lot, even if it's small. So I'm like getting this, and I'm like, go call the mom. The mom's like, they're stupid. It's okay. You know, so I got that permission, because I, I have learned, go to the parents first. So when the kids come, the parents are like, you did, Dom. It's your own fault. Okay? <laughs> they're not mad at you. <laughs> you see, you guys are sitting there. We had Jared was one of our kids. Hey, but you guys broke walls in our youth group. Through each other, your kid, yeah, so you can't be looking at me that I hit kids with bats, because your kids broke walls, both of them. Sierra was the only one that was, like, sweet, because she's a girl. Yeah, you had boys. I wasn't ready for boys, but you guys shared them with me. Um, so then, of course, this other kid comes over, and I'm just like, I'm like, you're going to be fine, no big deal, and you know, I'm just praying, I'm like, he's fine, and the other kid's like, there is so much blood, he's like, really, really, is there, Sarah, I'm like, no, he's just exaggerating, yeah. I'm like, get out of here right now, I didn't need someone that was going to just talk about the pain and the wound, right, I needed to calm him down, tell me, okay, he was fine, he only has a small patch, he doesn't grow hair, he's still alive, he's fine, okay, but do you see how when we have unforgiveness, we're the one going, look at that giant wound bleeding everywhere. How terrible. They did that on purpose. They hate you. Instead of being like, it's fine. Hold this here for a minute. You're going to be fine. You're going to go back to having fun, and you're okay. I don't know. That one's a fun one in there. So we just got to confess it to the Lord, give it to him, surrender. The third thing, his word transforms our thoughts from evil to good. His word transforms our thoughts evil to good. So get in the word. It produces forgiveness. When we want to say evil things about someone or we want to say bitter things about someone and we read God's word, it's like, oh, man. 
Romans 12, 2. It says, And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively change as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values, ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourself that the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect, his plan and purpose for you. He's saying if you think on good things, guess what? You're going to think on God things, you're going to get God results. And God is good and not evil. So you know what? God's going to show you, you know what? This person is struggling or this is going on or they didn't even mean to cut you off in traffic. I had that happen to me one time. I thought I get so annoyed with other people cutting me off. You know what? When I get like that, God always makes me end up actually cutting somebody off. So, of course, I didn't clear my windows because it's when I was working early and had to get up at, like, 5.30. And so I'm driving, and I just didn't see it, and I cut this guy off, and he pulls up behind me, starts honking at me. So I, I mean, this was not smart either. I rolled down my window, you know, and he's like, you, you know, he's like, you cut me off, and you almost caused an accident. And then I thought, I could argue back, but in my spirit, the Lord said, you apologize right now. And I said, oh my gosh, I did not clear my windows. I'm so sorry. I'm so thankful that nothing happened. And we're yelling, like we're at this four-way in Hesperia, yelling this. I'm, not, I'm just yelling it because I'm trying to get him to hear me. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, make sure you clear your windows. And it was taken care of. But if I would have yelled back, I don't know what would have happened. He was mad. And I thought, hmm, I'm by myself. So that's why we need to, when we have the word of God coming in, good things come out. So I had enough of the word to understand, you know, don't incite anger. You know what I mean? Don't say evil things to him back. Don't let pride come in and be like, you, I, I did use my blinker and you just came up fast and da 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 and I didn't do that. I mean, I could have come led with pride and probably would have had a different result. So we need to make sure the word is transforming our thoughts. And fourth thing, tape our, take our thoughts captive. Just because a thought pops in your head does not mean it's from the Lord. You may be saved. You may be a mature Christian. You've been walking with the Lord for decades. And do you know what? Thoughts that are not from the Lord can still pop in your head. Sometimes we think we're so mature. Oh, the enemy, he can't trick me like that anymore. I am mature and grown. No, 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 that's why he said, he's saying, God said to do it, so I'm thinking, you know what, it probably doesn't matter what stage in my walk I am with him, I probably still need to do it. So we have to take that thought captive. In 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, we are destroying sophisticated arguments. How many of you have met with people who are good at arguing? And you're just like, well, Jesus said, he said good things, and I can't think of, you ever do that, and you're trying to get in an argument, and you can't remember anything God said, because, you know, they're just like, but he said, hey, if you actually take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and, and you meditate on my word day and night, when people come and try to have sophisticated arguments, educated arguments, it says we are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and every purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. That is real good. So it doesn't matter what they come at you with. God's going to always give you the wise choice. Isn't that good? Yeah. All right. Fifth thing. 
We have to choose to move forward with our connections carefully. Not everybody needs to be in the same place in your life. The UPS guy, he can come up to my door. He can also come up to my neighbor's door. My neighbor gave him that permission for my things. I'm sorry. That is, I come out one time, and my neighbor's like, you can drop stuff off at my house if, she's, if the dogs are out. And I was like, this guy don't even know. What if this guy's not even my neighbor? What if he's just some guy that drove up here? And the guy's like, that's fine. I'm like, I mean, it was fine, but I just thought, you're giving my package to someone who just drove up here into my driveway. <laughs> I don't know where we're going. Oh, yeah, choosing your connection. So, like, my UPS guy. He can come to my door. He can knock. He can even open my garage and put some stuff in there. That's fine. But if he came into my house, into my bedroom, we'd have a problem. Or into my house, you know, not like John. He comes into my house screaming and yelling, you know, and that's fine. Okay, we have a friendship. I'm good. We're going to be on this for a while because it's hilarious. It is. I can't. I think the Lord gave that to me because he knew the week I was going to have. He had to start it off good. <laughs> But we have to start choosing our connections wisely. We can be acquaintances with a lot of people. We can want the best for the world. But they're not all my friends. They are not all my people. They are not all my tribe. That doesn't mean they're bad. Right? We need to choose our connections carefully. Why do I keep getting hurt? Because you don't choose your connections carefully. If every time I hang out with someone, I, I am terrible. I, I'm not. I'm not. I was terrible at choosing friends. I chose the worst people. When I met Matt, he's like, why are you friends with these people? All they do is put you down. I'm like, no, they don't. He's like, yeah. He's like, all of them, they ain't ready to have good friendships. Drop them all. Like, that looks kind of harsh, didn't it? But it saved our life and our marriage. And you know what I looked at? All of them either didn't get married or have been divorced or all of these problems that they have relationally. But Matt looked like he was being harsh, but he said, we have something valuable and nobody's taking that. So I'm very thankful. He's good at that. I'm not I'm like, everybody wants good. I have this weird thing that I think everybody wants good for me <laughs> and you and everything. Like, I've gotten better. He's a gatekeeper. He knows that. I'm thankful for that. So choose those connections carefully. In Proverbs 12, 20, it says, 12, 26, it says, The righteous man is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The closer people are, the more they can harm you. So you've got to make sure the people that have access to your life, the people that are coming, that they are people that are building and not tearing. Not that they always tell you what you want to hear, right? Matt tells me no all the time. No, we, we need to go to bed. It's like midnight. I have to watch one more reel. <laughs> go to bed. You're going to be tired. <laughs> See, that's good. Like, I didn't like what he said. La, 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 don't talk to me. You know what I mean? But did he want good for me? Yeah, so don't think that, well, if they say anything that I don't like, they don't like me. No, they actually love you more than your natural thought process in the moment can, can, can think for itself. Jade, you, got, you have a two-year-old. Do you let him stay up till 2 in the morning running around? No. Sometimes would he want to? He probably wants to be like, I want to do everything. Guess what? When you say eat your dinner, what does he want? I want candy, right? You don't just want to give him candy 24-7, right, guys? Because he's two. He doesn't know because you love him and you say, I'm not going to let you stay up till 2 in the morning. The next day you're going to be, you know, a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I'm trying to figure out how to say that. <laughs> God said it in my head, and then I had to get it out. So. But see, there's things. So sometimes even when people say no to you, they can still love you. 
But if people are tearing you down or manipulating or using pride, that's not love. Proverbs 13.20. I like, there's, I just have a lot of word because God just brought it in. It says, he who walks as a companion with the wise will be wise. But the companion of conceited, dull-witted fools are fools themselves and will experience harm. Hang around fools, you're going to be foolish. I look at the good things I've done in my life. I had good people who were encouraging me. I look at the dumb things I did in my life. Dumb people were encouraging me. I want good things. How many of you guys want good things, right? I want people to have wise choices and make good choices, you know? Spend time with people who build you up, who love you and want good for you. I look at, I think of the story of the shepherd. It says a good shepherd feeds his sheep every day, but only shears them a couple times a year. People should be telling you good things about you on a daily basis, encouraging you. And if they have to bring something, they're saying, hey, did you know that this is kind of off? Like we might need to, like I've seen this and it's dangerous in your life. They need to bring that in very few and far between times. When it's actually... Because really, if you're encouraging them every day, they're going to hear effectively from the Lord because they're going to believe the identity that God put in them, and they're going to be able to make those choices on their own, aren't they? That's why directive and corrective words don't need to happen every day. We don't need to remind people, there's a hell, and if you don't accept Jesus, you're going to go there and scare them there. We need to say, hey, there's a God who loves you. His name is Jesus. He died for any sin that you have done, any sin that could happen. And there's nothing that, there's no shame, there is nothing that can keep you from him. How many of you guys would like to hear that instead of like, you do this, you're going to hell. You do this, you're going to hell. Like that seems a little extreme, doesn't it? But if you say, you know what, you did this, and he covered that. You did that, he also covered that. What you're going to do next week, he also covered that too. How good is that? How many of you guys want to be friends with someone like that? I don't want to be friends with someone who's constantly chasing me around with a stick. Right? So we have to think of it like that. When we surrender, we are washed in the truth of God's word. Our, it takes our thought life active and chooses, helps us choose people wisely. We are here to make, there are, there are people that are supposed to be in your life for a season. There are people that are meant to be in your life through your entire lifetime. There are people who come in for just a drop and then they're back out. And there's nothing wrong with that. Others will reject us. They will. All of us have felt that at times, right? People have rejected us. Others have abused us. Hurt us. Unaware of how they impact us. But God will never make us victims. He will never give you a false identity. And restoration always comes through the blood. So you've done all those things. Finally, declare truth. I am not who, what they say I am. I have value. I am important. I am capable. I am loving of loving and being loved. I walk in peace and no weapons can form against me may prosper. See, I've been on that a lot. It says no weapons, because even the weapons I've made myself of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a weapon that you have turned on yourself. When you don't forgive, you turn that sword on yourself. 
But he said, hey, it doesn't matter. No weapon will prosper, even if you did it. That's really good because sometimes <laughs> I'm holding my own self captive here. And God's like, I got this one. <laughs> you just have a seat for a little bit. Okay, so we recognize what it looks like. We know how to get there. How does it feel on the other side? So you need that confirmation. God says confirm in the mouths of two or three witnesses, right? So how many guys like, okay, I'm feeling those things. It feels like I've forgiven. I walk those steps out. Okay, here is your confirmation. How does it feel on the other side? Peaceful. Peaceful. And, and I think there's times you feel sadness for those who have hurt you instead of anger. It feels, it, it, it just feels different. You feel free. Feel forward to, feels free to move forward with your emotions. They're not just on your sleeve telling you where you're going. That's what it feels like. You're able to make choices and say, mm, I'm not even angry about that. I've had a lot of trauma in my life. And when I'm healed, I can talk about it without it breaking me. So sometimes when I am talking about something and I'm still struggling and I have my emotion on my sleeve, I'm thinking, well, there's still a piece. I'm still on the journey there. And that's good because God's saying, I let your emotions show you so that you can continue on that healing, continue on that you know, forgiveness, getting rid of that unforgiveness. And it's not just me. Everybody in here, y'all have had trauma different types of trauma, you know. But, uh, you know, what we like to do as people is like, my trauma's worse than your trauma. Well, how do you know? Did you experience it? If you were created like, if you had a spirit like the, the prophet Jeremiah, you know, the littlest things broke his heart, right? But if you have a spirit like Paul, he's like, what else? <sighs> you know, I mean, he was different, wasn't he? He's getting beat and things like this. And then Jeremiah's like, I just had to wait a little longer. And I didn't like what you said. Ah. You know? And Paul's getting, like, beaten, stoned and put in prison. And he's like, what else you got? Okay, so we don't know the different trauma. Because God created us all unique. And somebody else has a still soft heart. And some people, you know, are called to be those forerunners in public places. So their skin's got to be a lot thicker. So God, when he was like, how thick should I make the skin? He's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> This is leather here. You know what I mean? Some of us are some of us are just like glass. And others, you know, are made of steel. For a reason. For a reason. So in that, I don't want to talk like my trauma is worse than you. I'm saying I'm just using mine because that's all I know. I can't I can't feel how you feel. But yours, mine is not worse than yours, yours is not worse than mine what we have to focus on is it doesn't matter what has come in. It's if we walk through and forgive, we can be free from that. That's what we need to focus on. So we must choose because once we work through and we say, you know, I dealt with this unforgiveness, this trauma, guess what? Now, instead of it breaking me down, instead of it causing bitterness, now it's a testimony. See, that's the difference. We will overcome. Why do you want, how do you overcome that? By the blood of the lamb and what? 
the words of our testimony. See, when things happen, the enemy comes attack. He wants you to cause, he wants to cause discord with you with people. He puts, he, he, he wants you to have unforgiveness. But when you come through the other side and you forgive, the Lord said, now that's a testimony. And everybody who hears that now is having that release of that forgiveness over them. We have to choose forgiveness. God extended it to us, and we need to extend that to others.